This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Diana Ratliff. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. I want to thank 777 Sounds for making that kick-ass introduction song. You can find them on Instagram at 777sounds. Big announcement, you guys. The shop is officially open on the Coven of Rejects website. So just go to covenofrejects.com, click the drop-down menu, click shop, and start putting things in your cart. We have hoodies and sweatshirts and shirts and fuzzy blankets. And when I tell you these blankets are fuzzy, I mean you are going to want to just rub them across your face and just be in a cloud of comfort. And everything is really reasonably priced might I say so myself. So run on over there, get things for Christmas, for the ones you love. There is a hoodie that I know you will love. It says support your local coven. And there are witches with their titties out dancing around a fire. And who does not want that, I ask you. This week's guest is Ducky. I know that you guys are going to absolutely love the vibe that she has. I tell her this on the episode, but she has this big sisterly warm inviting presence about her when she speaks and as I was going back and editing this episode it was almost like deja vu because it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded this episode together and I'm just listening and remembering certain things that we discussed that I'd forgotten we discussed because at the time we spoke on the phone I pulled away certain things from our conversation and I think that that always happens. We resonate with certain things so strongly that those become the main focal points of what a conversation was and the pieces that in the moment feel like smaller things kind of, you know, get buried deep in your memory. It was such a loving conversation that we had and filled with so much like mutual respect and camaraderie and education and she taught me about soul contracts and I had never heard about soul contracts until she mentions it in this episode and since she mentioned it I have been hearing it everywhere it has been being brought up by multiple people and like I said I have never heard this brought up and you guys know I talk to people in the spiritual community daily all the time it's what I do so I just love that little tidbit of information and it has led me to researching more and kind of understanding um, certain things about past life um, regression also that I didn't understand before and I am going to be seeking out my own service to have that done through her shop so please sit back and listen to the life and the journey of Ducky. I know you guys are going to get so much out of this episode. Please follow her after you listen. Her social medias are all written out in the description of this episode. 
and I know that you guys are going to want to follow her see the style and of the videos that she does because they are so great I also wanted to mention that this merch that we just dropped is designed by the same badass bitch who did our logo it is Jamie J J dank threads her information is all in the description also so is the amazing producer who made our introduction song I just want to shout out my people, you guys. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy this episode. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm so excited to talk with you. I am too. I was like a little nervous, but at the same time, like roller coaster nervous, you know? Yeah, like anticipation nervous. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I feel it. Well, and it's kind of like a sensitive thing to talk about your spirituality too. So being approached by me to um, <laughs> I talk about it when you don't know me at all is probably a little nerve wracking also. It can be, but at the same time, I'm a really strong people reader. So I knew right away, I knew right away that I was connecting with you, that I knew that we had some type of connection right away. I don't know why. Well, I do know oh. why. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. I um I was actually looking at your page earlier and I wanted to point out that you have a total sisterly like camaraderie vibe and you were shouting out your best friend going live on your page and you have so many videos where you have at least one other woman in them and I absolutely love just the like female empowerment sister sisterhood vibe that you give off. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? That was totally by accident, too. I think TikTok being the way that it is with the algorithm, you get really lucky on finding people that are like-minded and totally get you. And all of my friends right now are friends that I've made on TikTok. So all of the people that you see in those videos are friends that I've made since last March. And it's like become such a community. It's become such a huge support system for me. It's so wonderful. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And we all help each other out. And we, we call it a web um, because it's kind of like we're all connected. We're all anchored at one point, but we're all connected and we support each other. So we lift each other up kind of at the same time, kind of how the points of a web will rise and we kind of think of it as, you know, when one of us is down, we help that one person. And as a community, that one person doesn't stay low because we all help that one person. And it's kind of our way of like being a commune without actually living together and like being in that kind of environment, you know? Yeah, that's actually a really beautiful analogy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought about the web being like lifting each other up if like pieces of it fail or anything like that. I think that's, that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah, we all came up with that together one day. Um, we all chat on the phone now regularly on almost a daily basis. And I'm so grateful to have a group of other psychics and like mediums who and witches and just spiritualists who know what they're doing and and resonate with me in a way that uh, it feels like understood. You know, when you get go through that part of your spiritual journey where you're coming out of that hermit phase and you're like, I don't, nobody gets me and I don't get anybody. And how do I do this? Yep. And it's like TikTok helped me get through that phase because I instantly found people all over the world that 
got me. So oh, I love that. I, I feel like uh, I recently have come out of my hermit phase and been more open with people about the way that I practice or about abilities that I have and now sharing them because of guests that I've had on the podcast or that I've made friends that I've made from TikTok reaching out about being on the podcast and then we follow each other. And so I feel like I've done so much personal growth off of that app as well. And now that you say it, I think everybody that I have around me in my spiritual community is from that app. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so cool to be in that phase of finally starting to open up again. Yeah. Because I remember being in that moment. I, you know, you come back from hermit mode. And I, for me personally, when I came out of it the first time, I went and deleted everything and everybody. Like I had to start fresh on all social media. And so when I got back on social media and I started adding people back, I was very exclusive at first. I was like, this is only going to be people who I know love me unconditionally. So I feel open about sharing my spiritual stuff. And one day I, you know, was just on a spree. Sometimes I get, I hate to use the word manic, but it's like an excitement that I get at night <laughs> before bed. And I sit there and I want to connect with people all. I just want to connect and make friends and just share my love. And so I was one night doing that on my phone and I was like, I saw an old friend and I was like, maybe I'll add them. Maybe, maybe things have changed. And it started to spiral of me adding back all these people from my past and not really being afraid anymore to share with them, but being mm -hmm. excited. Like I was excited finally to share this new version of me. And I wasn't afraid that they were going to see the imposter syndrome or they were going to see, you know, the sides of me that I was doubtful. I was like, no, maybe I'll inspire them. Maybe they'll, maybe a part of them thought one time in their past that they would try this and they said no. But if they see that I did it, maybe they'll want to, you know? Yeah. And that imposter syndrome that you mentioned is so real and it is so strong. Yep. Absolutely. That's, I think, one of the things that you deal with the most coming out of the first part of your spiritual journey because um, I feel like it's really rapid at first when you gain all that new knowledge and the change and transformation is very rapid, which is kind of why you go through that hermit mode because it's so jarring for everybody else in your life to see the rapid change that you're going through. And it is, it's like an imposter syndrome when you come out of it because, you know, people are like, oh, well, who do you, I mean, people don't say this. That's the thing. It's in your head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you're thinking that people are out there saying, who do you think you are? You know, who, who does this girl think she is? She was gone for three months and now she's this, this spiritual whatever. And that's what I was worried about at first. And then I was like, nah, because I've always been spiritual in a way. And looking back at my past, like I've always had this wisdom and I've always had these things, whether or not I chose to use them or share them or, you know, actually apply them to my life is neither here nor there, but I've always had it, you know? So it's not an imposter. I'm not an imposter. It just are pieces of me that I'm now unveiling and I'm now deciding to show to people and I'm now deciding to use. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think that also there's something that goes into us thinking to ourselves that we're an imposter, like you don't deserve to feel this happy or you, these things don't actually work. There's no way that you can feel this complete. This is just temporary, especially if you already suffer from mental illness where you put yourself down, adding Mm -hmm. the spirituality on top of that. And one thing that's been profound to me was the shadow work that has to go involved when you go into um, healing yourself or anybody else. It is the most like introspective, crazy work that you're ever going to do. Yeah. And you do, you have moments of like, you have moments where it's exciting right? Where you're like, wow, I'm so glad that I finally figured this out. I'm so glad that I finally got this puzzle piece. And then you have moments where you're doing shadow work and it's very overwhelming. And you're like, oh, there's a lot more that I need to work on than I realized. And those moments can be really challenging too, because I feel like a lot of people deal with that perfectionism and, and that that bounces around a lot. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, people really really deciding that it's okay to make mistakes. And I feel like that has a lot to do with shadow work is learning that your mistakes become such a huge part of your journey and your growth. Yes. And you realize all the positive things that came out of you overcoming every obstacle that you used to like beat yourself up for. You start to heal your inner child. So then those traumas start to go away and just become strengths instead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you turn into that, that like queen of wands character where you're like taking all of your past and transmuting it into something really beautiful. Yes. I have been obsessed with Eight of Swords recently. It has been like, (laughs) I've just been so drawn to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, how do you expect to be able to do anything if you're always full of self-doubt and putting yourself down and you don't think you can accomplish it anyways? Right. Absolutely. I mean, that it's, it's, you're putting a limit on it, right? Like you're putting a cap with that expectation yeah. on what you can manifest. And I tell people that all the time, like, don't sit here and say, oh, you know, I only deserve this, or this is what's going to happen, or this is what I think might happen. Because by doing that, you're putting an expectation, you're, you're putting a ceiling on what could actually happen. Like, what if, even better happened. But by thinking those lower vibrational timelines, you're pulling yourself into those timelines. You're walking right into them, you know? Yep, absolutely. So I want to learn about you. Um, Did your family practice spirituality in the way that you practice it now? Did you grow up in like organized religion? What did you follow? When did you realize you had gifts? Oh, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I grew up Catholic, my uh, super Catholic. My, I went to a, um, a private school, a p- private Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade. And before that, I was in Sunday school classes and all the good works. Um, and my family's all very conservative and, and still really in the church. Um, and you know what? I still use a lot of my knowledge from that time in my spiritual practice. I did go through a time where I officially like 
denounced my religion because I don't any longer believe in organized religion, but I believe in Jesus and God. And I, I go through, you know, these phases of still using those in my spiritual practice. I don't use them in the same terms or in the same ways. Um, but I remember when I first questioned it because it was, you know, I was probably in fourth grade and they start teaching you about um, the sexualities and how, you know, some people prefer same sex and some people don't. And at the school, particular school I went to, they taught how, you know, homosexuals would go to hell if that was the case. And so I remember going home that day, learning what it meant to be gay. And I was crying to my mom because I was like, mom, there's gay people in our family. And she was like, yeah, sweetie, you're right. There are. And I was like, mom, they're such good people. How could God, the God that everybody's always told me about, send these amazing, wonderful people who love me and are good to others, and I've never seen them hurt anybody to hell? And my mom was like, well, you know, me personally, that's not what I believe. You know, I believe God loves everybody, and, and I don't think that they go to hell. And it was a moment where I realized that religion was subjective and that everything that I was being taught was something that I got to decide whether or not it was my truth. Cause my mom had finally shown me that something she had disagreed with the church on. It was like the first time I'd seen that. So that was when I finally started to question things further, but I've always had gifts. I remember seeing things as a kid and I remember experiencing fairies and seeing like stuff floating from the ceiling and black shadows in my parents' room and um, talking to people who weren't there. And so I've always done it. And my family's always looked at me like I was, every time I talk to them, I blow them away. It's so funny because even as a kid, I remember saying things and my parents would look at me and be like, how do you know this? I just do. And I think that it's because, you know, that was something I never shut down and I never put away. People told me my imagination was fake. And in the back of my head, I kind of said, screw you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So were they supportive? Was your family supportive of you like honing in on the abilities that you had? Um, yes. Because subconsciously, without knowing it, I began starting boundaries early with my parents. Um, for some, like, for some reason, I've just always had access to, like, well, you know, I believe it to be a future version of myself. Like, when I talk about my higher self, I believe that to be my future version of me. Um, because I do work right now with my inner child. And I go back to these moments and I plant those seeds so I believe that it's me whispering in my ear, but I've, I've always, um, you know, set those boundaries. And so I remember in high school early t teaching my parents that I needed to be independent. And I was probably like 15 and I was telling them like, you need to trust me. I remember the way I said it was, do you think that you're a good mom? And she was like, well, yeah. And I was like, do you think that you taught me right from wrong? Well, 
yeah. Okay. So now I need you to trust me to do the things that you taught me. I need you to trust that you did a good job in teaching them to me. And I need you to let me now learn to use them. And from that day, I think that day forward, my parents stopped really questioning decisions that I made because I say things like that to them. And I said them at a really young age. So (laughs) when I got to the point when I was a little older and finally decided like I was going to be out about my spirituality and tell them that I was practicing witchcraft and stuff like that, they didn't question me. They just kind of were like, uh, okay, Kay. And at one point, I think my mom asked, well, do you still believe in God? And I said, well, I believe that God is love. And that is something that like nobody will ever take from me is that I believe that God and love are the same thing. And I have seen love. I've experienced love. So I know that that is real. And that answer was enough for my mom. And I have not gotten any further questions on it. So knowing that God is love is knowing a whole lot more than a lot of people that are in organized religion. Right. And I think that that's why um, I chose that path before I got here. Cause you know, I believe in contracts. So I think that this is something that I contracted for myself. And I think that's why I chose to be born into such a Catholic family with such strong values and, all these things that they taught me because I did hang on to a lot of that. And I still use a lot of that. I just feel like I am removing the fear aspect from those things. Ooh, the fear aspect is huge. The not having to feel like you're making your choices out of, well, I don't want something bad to happen to me instead of coming from the complete opposite end of, I want to manifest an abundance and nothing but good. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I tell people all the time, people will ask me like, how do you know the difference between your intuition and like your ego? And that's how I can tell is my ego speaks in fear and my intuition speaks in love. And it can be confusing, you know, because ego likes to use your love of other people to disguise itself as intuition. But if you're not saying something because you don't want to hurt somebody, however, you're still doing a detriment to yourself and you are hurting yourself in the process, And you're not saying it also because you're afraid to say it. That's fear. And your ego is using your love for that person kind of as a mask. And so I tell people that all the time. Seek out the fear because that will show you, you know, so many answers. It'll give you so much because once you know where the fear is, you also know where your intuition lies as well. You want to move, you know, towards the fear. You want to go straight through it, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Um, I feel like I had to completely let down my ego in order to start this podcast. And um, because I had this like, and also the self-doubt thing, like I just had, well, like what's going to make these people want to talk to me? And um, that was that was something huge that I had to overcome within myself in order to do it. And then also 
coming from the place of, okay, well, like if it doesn't do exactly what I want, that's okay. Like I uh, was led to do this in so many different ways, told by so many different people, showed in so many different readings that this was the path. And I was just so hung up on what other people would think about the path that I was on mm-hmm. and cared how other people saw me. And once I gave that up, I, I've had nothing, but this has been nothing but a wonderful success to find friends. But also, I don't want people to be going through this alone, not knowing where they can turn to, to figure out their spirituality, not knowing, you know, just being able to follow people on TikTok, not being able to reach out to them if they have questions or, you know what I mean? Exactly. A hundred percent. It's funny that you even bring that up because it was a conversation I had earlier today surrounding that um I'm trying I'm in a new town and I'm like trying to make friends right now um and I I had this there was a bunch of people out yesterday and I had this moment of wanting to walk up and like make some friends with people who were the same age and I stopped myself which is fine because obviously it's a learning experience and I told myself that you know it's learning and you didn't face the fear today but we're gonna we're going to decipher it. Like, where's this fear coming from? And I, I let myself sit with it. And I was like, you know, if you walk up to somebody and you just put good energy out and only love, that's all you can do. You can't worry about how they perceive it. You can't worry about how they take it. Um, You don't have control over that. All you have control over is the, what you put out there. And as long as I know that I'm putting out there a person that I can be proud of, then, you know, it doesn't matter how people perceive it. And so I should be able to walk up to anybody and be like, hey, I'm Ducky. I'm 27. I just moved here and I want a new friend. Do you want to be friends? And, you know, if they take that wrong, then they take that wrong. But I think that's the kind way of doing it. And I would be friends with someone who walked up to me like that, you know? I would be friends who walked up to me like that as well. Yeah, right. And so it's the same thing. It's like not worrying about what happens after you put that energy out there as long as you know that you're putting energy forward that you can be proud of. You're putting your best self forward and your true authentic self and whoever's going to gravitate towards that and wants to be around great, but if somebody's not interested then why waste my time? Right, absolutely. And I say it all the time, you know, <clears throat> you have a watch but it's invisible and it's counting down until the day you die, but you don't get to know how much time you have left. How long are you gonna keep those pieces of yourself bottled up? Because you might be running out of time and you don't know it. Ooh, that's true. And you might have a purpose and be supposed to touch somebody else's life, but if you're not living your authentic self, then you're never gonna be able to reach them. Absolutely. And I have an oracle deck that words it very well. I can't remember which deck it was, but they basically say, in order to find your purpose, which I think as healers, we get asked a lot, like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing here? What's my purpose? Um, In order to find your purpose, you're supposed to unblock the blockages to your true and authentic self. When you can be your true and authentic self and put that version of you out there, your purpose finds you. I wish I could just clap right now and like it would <laughs> sound good in this audio because that is so spot on. It's so accurate. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I needed to read that card that one day because people ask us that. I feel like they probably ask you that. They ask me that all the time. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? Yeah. What's my purpose? Or um, the job that I'm in is miserable and I don't know what to do about it. Like, should I stay (laughs) here or should I go? And I'm like, uh, well, if you want like just personal friendly friendship advice without me, like reading cards and like tapping in, I think that you should never be somewhere where you're unappreciated, undervalued, overworked, underpaid. And if somebody's not going to provide that to you, you should become your own boss. That's how I feel. Absolutely. Don't waste your time. Another thing about that invisible clock, you know, like you don't know how much time you have left. Why are you going to waste that clock countdown in a building that you don't want to be in, in energy that you don't want to be in, surrounded by people that you don't want to be around? You know, most people who are working those nine to fives, they spend more time with their coworkers than they do at home with their family in the house that they're trying to afford paying for. They spend more time at work than they do in the house they're trying to pay for. Well, and it goes back to the ego thing, right? So if you are a believer that you do the corporate grind and that your success is measured by what diplomas you have, what office job you have, where it overlooks, whatever, what rich neighborhood you live in, you're going to be miserable because you're seeking out just material things that make other people proud of you. Mm hmm. And when you start doing things like taking a job where maybe the money isn't the priority when you start out, maybe it's the environment that you're in. Maybe it's the bosses, Mm -hmm. which is the case with me. I moved to Boise, left the job that was, that I loved, that was paying me a certain amount of money. I didn't like the people I was with anymore. I had one friend who I stayed with, but I found new bosses where I am now. I work at a chiropractic and wellness center. It was less money than I was making. And I didn't know like if that was going to work for me, but the bosses were incredible. And since I've been there, I've gotten free nutrition, free chiropractic. My boss is like my best friend. Her family has been like the only family I've had here. And so when you, and you're much happier, right? Oh, I'm so much happier. And also I'm supported by the people like I'm, I'm 24 seven in an environment, whether it's my home or it's at work where I'm completely supported to be my authentic, witchy, divine self and it's embraced. And when I said I wanted to start the podcast, I wanted to start doing my own spiritual work. My bosses were like, hell yeah. How do we support you? Who do we tell about your podcast? See, that is beautiful. And that is exactly that is exactly how it should be. I I think that long before I even knew, not even not even long before, long before I even knew like what was going on, there was a a professor, a Canadian professor, Jordan Peterson, who came out with this incredible series of books. And one of the books was The Meaning of Life or um something along the lines of that. I can't exactly remember what it's called. I didn't read it. I had a friend who basically gave me a few podcasts by him, but because of this book, anyways, this man basically describes that. He talks about, you know, when you're in a job that you hate, maybe making a lateral move, 
to find an environment that's better or maybe making, you know, a, a downgrade on money to find, you know, a place that's closer to home so that you don't have to do such a long commute or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but even just having to make just small changes to find that that mental stability for yourself too, because it is, it's a mental strain when you have to um, be around energy that's just like not somewhere you want to be. You have to sit and really constrain yourself and it's challenging. It's true. And also when you make those changes, you have to have patience for them to come to fruition. Like, Oh yeah. I, I, like I said, I took that job where I was making less than I was making and now I make more than I've made in any other position. And it's because you're patient and you're just being where you belong, where it's calm and where you're nurtured. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's so important. I think it's important, you know, to, to trust, to trust that things are going to fall into place too, because everything's always changing everything's always moving. Nothing is permanent. All things are temporary. So, you know, if you can catch that wind, if you can catch that shift of the cycle of life, and I think that, you know, witchcraft does it very well with understanding the moon cycles and the cycle of the year and things like that. I think when you catch that vibe of, oh, this entire universe is constantly changing. It's cyclical. It's, there's this, this cycle constantly. Um, you catch the flow. Like that's what we call it, right? Being in the flow. And it is, it's like a state of almost bliss and understanding that, you know, you have to adapt and you have to change and you have to flow through these situations. I feel like some people like to cry about what's going on in their life, but they keep driving back to that same spot. I tell people that, why are you so upset about where you are if you keep driving yourself there? Ooh. A lot of people aren't ready to hear that. Oh, I know. And I have five Scorpio placements, so I can be a little brutally honest sometimes. <laughs> I do. I call it a duck slap um, when I'm a little bit honest with people. But especially when I'm pulling cards, when those messages come through, I'm, I don't hold those back. Sometimes people need to hear it. I apparently don't either. We I went uh, live with um, Damsel, who was today's podcast guest, and... She and I, she did Oracle and I did tarot and we did just $5 card pulls for people. And I, she is so gentle about things. And she's like, I really feel like this. And I'm like, why are you still talking to them if they treat you like shit? I don't understand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I have people who tell me all the time, like, well, you know, your card readings can be a little pushy or <clears throat> a little demanding or whatever. And that's why I say take what resonates. You don't have to do what I say, but I am going to lead you directly to the water. You don't have to drink it. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to, you know, go around the elephant in the room. I'm going to walk you straight there to where you need to go. I'm not going to take my time. <laughs> yeah. And also, if there's somebody who can't handle that kind of a reading, the beautiful thing about this is that there are people who practice in all kinds of ways and you can find the person that resonates with you. Absolutely. I think that's why um, plentitude is so important. It's something that I think people get hung up on a lot is not understanding that there's enough for everybody. Like if somebody sees what you're doing and they want to mimic that and they want to copy it, 
and they want to keep going with it, then so be it. There is more than enough for everybody. That person holds their energy and they're going to bring people to them who wants their, who want their energy. The people who want my energy, they're going to come to me. And it's, that's why I have my business partner. Um, because we are really good balance. We like to say that a lot because she is a little softer with her readings. She's not so <laughs> jump down your throat. She will be honest and she'll be straightforward, but she's not going to jump down your throat like I will. Um, and people really like that about her. She's got a really laid back vibe. And I am go, go, go. I move very fast and I am like straight to the point. And it's a rush of energy when you get a reading from me. And people like that. So we have a good balance of both in the business, which I like. And that goes back to my comment about um, you being somebody who just embraces sisterhood in such a different way. It It is so rare to actually find women who understand that being in – being in a strong alignment with other women around you just makes all of you stronger. You learn things from each other. You learn how to do things better. You constantly yes. learn and yes. it takes nothing away from you. If nope. your friend is succeeding. Absolutely not. And that's the best part about like this web, this community that I'm building that we're all building together because um, that's what we do is we all bring something different to the table. We have one, one, creator candy who's really good with tarot and like she has taught me so much tarot knowledge and helped me build my tarot knowledge deeper and then noxura's an incredible witch and like if i have questions as far as my craft goes or what to use in a spell that's where i go and it's just so fun to have so many facets and we all we all bring something to the table it is it is necessary. And that's the thing is everybody's unique for a reason, right? Like we're all like fingerprints. We're all different. And that's what makes it special. Everybody does bring something different to the table. Even if somebody is coming and they're going to mimic you exactly, they're still having different thoughts. They're still having a different mannerism behind it. Their voice sounds different. Whatever they're doing is not going to be 100% spot on to you. They don't even look like you. So, you know, like, chill. <laughs> chill. No, chill. I, I agree with that. Um, so what services do you offer? I know that you are an intuitive healer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, at the shop, we together will offer Reiki, past life regre regressions, inner child work. Um, we are going to launch mediumship soon. I was just trying to figure out a way to not be a medium full time. Because I know that when I offer that service, that's all people are going to want me to do. And I want to keep being a card reader and a Reiki healer. And I also wrap crystals. And I am very good at spell work. I'm actually going to start offering my spell work as well for people. I haven't done that yet, but I had a few people ask me this week. So it's time to launch that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the topic of the medium. So what I have started doing, I just got my website going live. And what I started doing is um, tarot assisted mediumship, which right. for me, for me is a lot. It's a lot more laid back and it's still getting to read the tarot cards. And but it's not being so on for an hour 
connecting with spirit and relaying messages the whole time. It's more of the messages that are being relayed by spirit are the ones that are directly in link with what the concept of the read is, if that makes sense. Yes. I love that so much. And I did that a couple nights on my lives. I was trying to, it took a lot of energy to do on live, which I probably won't do on live ever again, but definitely for my private readings, I was offering people to ask for a specific member like of their passed on loved ones to come through for the reading. So very similar, just, you know, like, oh, well, I really want to hear from my grandma. Okay. And then I call grandma in and I have grandma pull the cards and we give that message, whatever grandma wants you to know about your life right now. And it's not always like, oh, you know, it's not always mediumship where it's like, this is what your grandma looked like. And this is what she has to say about her relationship with you. But it's what grandma wants you to know from your spirit team and like trying to get you further on your journey kind of thing. I'd like to uh, give an example because what you're saying, um, I I had this experience last night when I went live and I feel like um, it might be an example that helps listeners kind of understand what you're saying and you'll be able to tell me if I'm if I'm picking up what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I did that last night on the live. This lady said that she wanted to um, talk with her aunt Karen who had passed away and Um, like I said, I was doing this read with damsel who was doing Oracle. I was doing tarot and we both kept on getting domestic violence card. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, why are you with like this guy? Like this doesn't make any sense. And, um, all of a sudden her aunt came through and I'm like, wait, did your, your aunt died? And she said, yeah. And all of a sudden my head started like throbbing. And I said, did your aunt die of a gunshot or like a head wound? My head, my head really hurts and I feel dizzy. And she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that you're picking up on that. Um, she died of domestic violence. Um, she was shot in the head and so much sense. I was in pain while we were doing the read. And then I'm like, but but her whole purpose that she's here is because you're in a domestic violence relationship and she's not like able to fulfill her next task because she's so worried about you being in a domestic violence relationship. And the girl comments and goes, literally this entire time I've been trying to get my read, my abuser that I just left keeps on calling me and making the um, live drop every single time that you say something important about my aunt. Wow. No accidents. No yep. accidents. Yep. A hundred percent. I, that's a hundred percent what I mean. I have had a couple of things like that happen. And, and especially, I mean, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, are you more of a, a feeler than you are like visual? Um, yeah, I'm more, when I'm connecting for other people, I'm more of a feeler and like audible. Um, Mm -hmm. but then when it comes to my personal self and some, and a spirit getting my attention, it's, it's physical as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, when I'm pulling cards for people, I get that as well, where it's, it almost, you can feel their emotions and like, you can feel what they're going through or have gone through in your physical body. And I've had it before. That's when I actually first found out that I was a medium. Cause even as a kid, you know, seeing things and talking to people, I didn't know. And I shut that one down for a really long time. 
that mediumship was one that I actually shut down and I was not using for years. And I had a moment a couple years ago, I was pulling cards for someone and I started crying. I just started crying during the middle of her reading. And I was like, I'm so, I don't know why I'm crying, but like, I'm really proud of you right now. And I don't know where this is coming and I need to hug you. And then I was like, I just was like, getting this feeling. And I was like, this is, this is somebody like, is this like your grandma? And then she just broke down crying. She had lost her grandma like three days before that had happened. And it was just a whole experience because I didn't know what was happening at the time. I was like, why am I crying? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like I need to come over and hug you and tell you that I'm proud of you for something? And it was just, it was a really surreal moment. Oh, that's so fresh. And then don't you feel in those moments when you relay those messages, you're one, you're like, yes, I relate it correctly. And then you're also like, well, shit, I'm sorry you're going through this. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. The series of emotions, because you do you want to jump with joy for yourself because you're like, yes. But then somebody just told you that so and so died. I did that in Salem. I was I was in Salem on a witch walk, um, getting a tour from out of um, Coven's. Oh, no, I don't remember which shop we were coming out of. Anyways, we were doing a tour and this girl on the tour with us was sitting next to me for quite a bit of the time. And at one point I looked over at the tour guide and between me and this woman, I saw smoke and I could smell smoke. And I looked around and nobody was smoking a cigarette. There was no smoke going on around me. And then I just get this message coming through and I'm like, oh, this is her dad. And I'm like, crap. And so I at the I waited till the end of the tour and I pulled her aside and I was like, hey, like this, this might be kind of weird. Are you open to receiving a message? Like I'm a psychic medium. And she was like, um, okay. And I was like, while we were sitting together, I saw smoke come past us. I don't know, but I saw a male figure. Um, I think he said he was your dad and, and something to do with smoke that he really liked. And I was like, I don't know if it's like a cigar or like a cigarette. And she was like, oh no, it's incense. And I was like, yes, that's what it smelled like. And she was like, he loved incense. Her dad had died the week before that. She had taken that trip um, as a journey for herself, for her healing and like for her grieving of losing her dad. She took that trip all by herself, went to Salem to go on this adventure. And she just broke down in my arms and was like, I needed this so much. And he came through with some other beautiful messages for her um, just to do with family stuff, personal things. And afterwards, I gave her my phone number and we disconnected and we saw her later that day in Salem sitting by herself. She was, thank you so, so much. And she was just so grateful. But it was, it was one of those moments where I wanted to be like, yes, but I didn't want it to be like, yes, because your (laughs) dad is gone. But you know, y'all, could you pat me on the back real quick? Cause I did a great job on this one. I just did a really good job (laughs) and I'm sorry, but my ego is going to need a minute. Yeah. And I'm a Leo (laughs) rising. So my ego gets the best of me as far as like pride is concerned. And like that aspect of ego, like I actually really love to have my ego stroked. And so I will like 
call somebody right away or like walk over to my best friend and be like, oh my God, guess what I just did. <laughs> Cause I just need someone to be like, wow, that's really cool. I'm a Scorpio rising and I feel this deep within my soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And I'm, you know what? I'm kind of proud of it. I don't mind. I don't mind that once in a while I enjoy getting my ego stroked. <laughs> you know what? When you put, there is so much energy that gets put into reading people, into healing people, into being around other people. And it takes mm -hmm. a lot of energy to be able to get your name out there as well. And I feel like you should be proud and be able to have people recognize your accomplishments. There are people that I yeah. text every accomplishment and I'm like, I just did this part. And they're like, I'm so proud of you. Like you need that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's important to pat yourself on the back or, you know, to give yourself that validation and be like, hell yeah, I am. I am kind of awesome because <clears throat> it does. I tell people all the time, overrate your psychic ability overrate it when you do something that you even think might be psychic heck yeah i'm a psychic you saw that i'm a psychic i'm a psychic and just really hype yourself up every time it's even something little like you knew that the next car to come around the corner was going to be blue and then it's blue haha <laughs> i'm a psychic and really hype yourself up because that's how you build strength in your abilities. That's how you build awareness in your psychic abilities, you know? Ooh, building <clears throat> awareness. That is huge. There, Because literally there are not coincidences. I say it all the time. Nope. nope. Nothing. Actually, um, the beginning of my spiritual journey, my first deep dive into anything was shamanism. I don't know why I had somebody refer me, they handed me a book and they were like, you need this. Just, just, you need this. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but shamanism was like really where I started and shamans. And I'm not calling myself one because I'm not, I'm still learning so much as far as shamanism is concerned, but shamans, um, practice that absolutely everything that they experience and interact with in the physical realm is a message and a sign. Yep. So from the moment you open your eyes in the morning, everything you see, hear, smell, touch, anything that you will become aware of throughout the day is a physical message. And um, I practiced that for a couple of days for myself. I sat down super present for two days. I disconnected my phone. I made no plans of anything I needed to do. And I spent two full days just experiencing and writing down every little thing that I saw. Like I woke up and I'm like, there's three birds outside my window. They're black. There's four clouds in the sky. When I put my feet on the ground, the ground was cold and like wrote everything down. And after those two days, I sat down and I puzzle pieced for a couple hours, I took all of the information that I collected and I found symbols and messages and puzzle pieced everything together. And the amount of stuff that I found from that was overwhelming. I don't, I wouldn't say that I'm that receptive. So I would love to, I don't know if I could do two days. It was uh, a lot. 
Yeah, it was a but lot. But maybe like have 24 really... hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a good shaman. I don't know if you follow him. He was my first um, full-length guest on the podcast, but Etheric Medicina is a shaman. And he's amazing. He does posts all day long where, like you're saying, he just points out things that I wouldn't even think of. Mm-hmm. I And has mindsets or or posts his thoughts about a popular situation in a way that I'm like, this is the most peaceful way to come at that. And I never would have gotten to that serene viewpoint on my own. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's why other people are so important too, right? Because we're mirrors for each other and, you know, we reflect things back and that's why I always encourage people just to share and just to say, and just to be, you know, and I feel like we should encourage people to just speak up and say what they want to say and ask questions. And I feel like we don't really cultivate that when you live in a society where people call you dumb or like give you funny looks when you ask a silly question. And this got brought up during my day earlier, but I found using the phrase, can you please just educate me on something really helps me to feel comfortable with asking silly questions because <laughs> I have that problem of feeling like <clears throat> I don't want to say this because I know someone's going to think that I'm an idiot by not knowing. You know, I do. That makes me think of the TikTok video that you made about the man who gave you the funny look when you were discussing past life regression. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That happened to me just yesterday. That's so funny. <laughs> at, at, I think because all my Scorpio placements too, <clears throat> it's something I actually really love <clears throat> is to freak people out like that. <laughs> I think that's why like I was always bound to get into witchcraft and um, study things that were a little bit outside of like the comfort zone of other people because I love to freak people out like that. I love to be like, oh yeah, well, have you ever thought about this? <laughs> oh yeah. Just getting people outside of their comfort zone. I agree. I like watching people squirm. It makes me comfortable. Me too. I love it. It's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible, but I totally love it. I love to just be like, oh yeah. And I play devil's advocate on purpose all of the time. And it makes a lot of my friends very frustrated because I will, I will purposely ask you questions to make you think further about it. And they're like, why are you questioning me? Why are you defending that? And I'm like, Oh, why are you getting defensive? Ooh, why are you, you getting need... defensive? Yeah. Maybe you need to think deeper about that. Right. Because isn't that if you get defensive about something, then it's because there's something inside of you that's insecure about it. I agree with that. Can you, I haven't ever known anybody that discusses um, like past life regression. So I would love to hear details on this. Yeah, sure. So um, our regressions that we do, it's, it's basically self-led. We don't do any um, like hypnosis or anything. I believe that you need a specific degree in order to practice hypnosis on people. But um, it's a meditation. Basically, we take you into kind of a relaxed form of meditation and you guide us through your past lives. And it's kind of hard to explain, but we take you 
through a series of questions and you take us there and we go to the furthest place back that needs to be healed. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people like to do past lives because they want to know about this lover or this friend or that, but we do past life regressions, at least here, we do it for healing. So we say, let's go back to, you know, the furthest point that needs to be healed that's affecting your current reality, right? Because we do believe that, well, most cultures, there are cultures out there that believe that that karma can get transferred over into the next life or those lessons, right? Mm. Will ripple over if they're not something that you learned. And so we go back to your past and we find those lessons. We, we find those things that may have rippled into your current existence. And we help you to heal it then and find clarity on it now, if that makes sense. That does make sense. I really wish that I lived closer because I feel like I would want to do that. Yeah, well, we, we offer them distance as well. We can do them over the phone, which is fun. Um, that's how I actually got my first regression was over the phone. I had someone do it for me. And that actually changed my life when I got my first past life regression, because, you know, the way that it was run, the person that I went through, they take you directly to your Akashic records, which is for those like listeners who don't know, your Akashic records would be basically the hall of records that holds everything that's ever happened. And so we go to this hall and you find a book or some people see doorways. For me, I was seeing books. And so I, you know, you grab a book and you read it or you go through it and you see your past life. After that past life regression, I had realized that this lifetime that I'm living, this current one, is just another book. And one day I'm going to take this book and I'm going to close it after I die. I'm going to put it on the shelf next to all my other books. And I couldn't help but think, is this going to be a book that I'm going to want to go back and read? Or am I going to look at this book and be like, ooh, not such a good story. Don't want to read that one. You know? Do you believe that there's a limit to how many times we come back or that there's a reason that we come back? Is it just because we, we needed to keep on learning lessons or is it an endless cycle? What do you believe? I have all kinds of truths and they change all the time. I always preface with that. I never put my truth in stone. So my current truth which could change tomorrow, who knows, is that, you know, we're here. I feel like we're here learning things and experiencing duality because I feel outside of this universe when we pass the realm that we're in or the areas, the space that we're in, there's no duality. It's just one way of being. And I think that's why we come here. Me personally, I think we come here to experience that duality, to experience both the light and the dark. And so I think that we come back as many times as we freaking want to experience different lessons and different things. I really see myself, me personally, before this life being like, 
all right, well, let's do it this way this time. And let's make it this challenging in this area and easy in this area and almost setting it up like a game. I think that's why people like to use the words um, simulation, you know? Oh, yeah. Because I, I kind of look at it like that. I look at it as if like, it's a game. Like we're, we're excited to come down here and experience all these things. And we're like, this is what I want to experience while I'm there. Just like in the movie soul, how she's like, Oh, pizza. I've never tasted pizza before. Like, this is great. Like some That's people so just interesting. So do you, is that what you meant when you said in the beginning that you um, chose this time around to be brought into a very religious strict family? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, that's what I believe with contracts is I really think that before coming here, I, I put together my contract of all the things that I wanted to experience and I wanted to learn and how I wanted to do it. Basically like a Sims game, like setting it all up before you go play, you know? That makes me just wonder what my contract would have been. It makes me think about my life and think what things that I say I wanted to experience this time, what trials that I want to have to overcome There are a lot of people who believe that um, you can find your contract in your astrological birth chart. And there are people who do contract readings who will take your birth chart and transmute it into a physical contract that shows you what your lessons are, what you're here to learn and what you're here to release. And there is a lot of that in astrology. I don't have a lot of astrology knowledge, but I've had people talk to me about it before. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just want somebody to give me the deepest read on my chart. I would love to do it. It's a podcast episode. I think that would be the dopest thing. So if you know anybody, let me know. I do. You would love my friend, Anna from back home. She is the one who taught me a lot about astrology and she is a wizard about it. She is one of the smartest people I know when it comes to astrology. I will hook you up with her. She's on my Instagram. Oh, that would be incredible. You oh, And she would love it. Life. She would love a podcast. She is somebody who is very good at opening up like that. You would have fun with her. That's amazing. I have so many questions. Uh, specifically, I don't resonate with a Sagittarius moon at all. And I just want somebody to make it make sense. <laughs> make it make sense to me. Make it make well, sense you said your rising, I your rising is Scorpio. Yes, and my so, son is Gemini. Okay. Well, I do feel like your rising sign will tell you a lot about which planet you resonate the most with because, you know, Scorpio is what? Pluto and I think one other planet. I think Scorpio has two planets. I would look at what sign you have in Pluto and see if that's one that you resonate with more. Okay. Um, But also I feel, and this is just from my personal Sagittarius experience, the Sagittariuses that I know are not very vulnerable about their emotions and your moon is your emotions, which could be why you have trouble resonating with the Sagittarius at all because it's hidden. That would make sense. I don't know too much about how the Sagittarius is emotionally to function. I just know that they, that 
when I read about Sagittarius moon, it's that you are supposed to be adventurous and you crave being outdoors and you're um, I feel like selfish with your time. And I'm none of those things. I feel like those are also like the atypical things that you say about a Sagittarius though. Like the people that I know personally that are Sagittarius, <clears throat> they're people who are very, who know who they are. So like not very easily swayed by other people. Like you, like very confident in who you are. Um, very goal oriented, like focused on your goals, focused on moving forward. So not so much like adventure, but just like focus on that goal, focus on that manifestation. Um, and also I find that they can be very guarded with their emotions. So like they might be able to be vulnerable with themselves, but they don't like to share or ask for help from others. Oh shit. Well, maybe this does all resonate. <laughs> and that's just from my personal Sag experience, but I like to say I'm a really good people reader. That is one thing I will overrate about myself. So. Well, snaps to you because you've built an incredible web <laughs> by being that way. Yeah. And you know what? Um, it wasn't easy. <clears throat> and I feel like people with a lot of friends, you know, forget to give themselves props because I had someone call me out one day because I was telling them, they were telling me how unsupported they felt. And I was like, well, why don't you start to build a community for yourself? Like, why don't you start to reach out and like make friends and like find like-minded people? And they were like, oh, that's easy for you to say when you're surrounded by people that care about you and that you're not alone. And it kind of set me back and I was like, wait a minute, no. The reason I'm not alone and the reason why I'm supported by all these people is because I was vulnerable enough to put myself out there, my true and authentic self. And, you know, I was scared to do that. It's not an easy thing to be vulnerable like that. And I was brave enough to be myself and find people who are willing to do that. So I feel like, you know, if you're someone out there who does have a handful of friends and does have a community, like it's you having that support does not make you weaker than somebody who has to do it alone. The people who have to do it alone aren't asking for help. You were brave enough to do so. Oh yeah. And it's really brave to to yeah, go out and find different friends, but also it's brave, especially in the spiritual community. I feel like to reach out and make friends with other spiritual people, because there are a lot of judgments that go back and forth on different ways to practice. And I wonder if you've experienced that, but I have experienced the, oh, well, that's not how you do that judgment. Mm -hmm. And it making me second guess myself for a second and being like, well, now I'm nervous to have friends who are in this because what if it's just that I don't know that I don't know something. But isn't that exciting, Diana, that you might not know something and you might be able to learn it? Well, I feel that way now, but I feel like people who are just people right. who are guarded and not experiencing those things because of that, and they don't push through, they mm -hmm. are creating the cycle for themselves, but then having a jealousy that you've broken that cycle. 
Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it is, it's a projection. Um, and it's a reminder that, you know, people project. I mean, we project, everybody projects and, you know, don't, that's another thing is when people are like, oh, you have to do it a certain way, or, you know, you should do it like this or whatever. I say, take what resonates before every card reading, but I mean, take what resonates everywhere in your life. And so if somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, no, you don't use that incense for meditation. You use this incense for meditation and it doesn't sit right with you and you prefer to use the other one and that works better for you, then that's your truth. And then that is when you lean on your spiritual authority and you stand in your ground and you say, okay, well, I appreciate that, but this is my truth and I'm going to do this. I just want to sit with you and have like espresso and like talk (laughs) with like rain outside for hours oh yeah I could we could do this forever I love it I I love talking about this kind of stuff I would love is if you please tell everybody where they can find you on social media what the name of your business is what services you guys offer and I will actually also link your um social medias into the description so that everybody can go and follow you Thank you. Awesome. Um, so once again, I am Ducky, um, business partner to Wicked. Uh, Wicked Rose Healing is the business. You can find us both on TikTok. Mine is Divine Sunflower Ducky. And you can also find that on Instagram. Also, Wicked Rose Healing is both on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we have a Patreon where you can do classes, get daily witch tips, and weekly zodiac readings. We also offer on the website, past life regressions, Reiki healing sessions, inner child sessions, uh, tarot and Oracle card readings. And we also have a storefront in Blairstown, New Jersey. If you guys would like to check out the shop, get in-person services. We also have crystals and we wrap jewelry. So all kinds of fun stuff. 